Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. I'm your host, Brian, today flying solo as pod partner Bucks has just welcomed his second baby girl into the world. Thrilled for him and his growing family and all the members are healthy and well, but we're certainly going to miss him on today's pod, which is really a celebration of his daughter's name day. So moving forward, let's take a look at the roller coaster of results from a somewhat lackluster double game week beginning, but a flashy ending. Taking a look at some of the big outputs from Liverpool and Arsenal, especially. So let's move into my team. And just to recap, last week I did a minus eight, my first one of the season. Very ballsy, balls to the walls there. And I ended up on 73 total points net. So when I'm looking at my transfers, I did trips, Shaw, Mitro, and KDB to Trent. Darwin, Tarkowski, and Sala. This was a mixed bag. In total, it netted me plus 18 on the differential points because Sala gets 11 and TAA ends up with 13. Unfortunately, Darwin, two points. He misses the first match and something we'll talk about in a little bit. And then Tarkowski ends up with a big fat donut. Woof, that was tough. We saw them concede to the likes of Villa first, and then later on, they get smashed 4-0 by the inform Arsenal attack. A big miss for me this week was not having any defensive cover from the likes of Arsenal as I went tripled up in attack, and Nketiah loses his spot. He does get a cheeky assist in the 38 minutes that he played this double game week, but not having White, Zinchenko, Gabriel, that really cost me this week. So that punt a couple weeks ago from double game week 23 didn't really work out too well as Nketiah had, I believe, six points in double game week 23 and then only five points in this double. So moving forward, he's definitely a problem in my side as minutes go to the likes of Trossard, who is playing well, and Martinelli gets a huge, huge haul this game week. I did not have him. But I did have Salah cap for 22 points and Odegaard for 11 and Saka with 15. Let's move into Bucks's side where Bucks also took a minus eight and his transfers did not net out nearly as well as mine did. His transfer total was a minus eight and he did Shaw, Kane, Martinelli and KDB to Tarkowski, Darwin, Saka and Salah. Wow, that's a bit of a shit show. And he moved on from Martinelli, and Martinelli gets a 26-point haul. So kudos to anyone who had him this game week. Absolutely incredible to see him get 10 points in the first match and then end up with a brace and an assist in the second match. So that one really killed FPL managers if you didn't have him. And moving forward, it looks like the favorable setup is going to be Enketia off the bench, and we're going to see Martinelli playing a lot more minutes He's in double digits now for goals, as is Saka, who comes in again with 15 points. So, Bucks, just uh, shout out to you. I know it was a busy, busy week for you, and he ends up on 64 points overall. Looking at Bucks' rank, he's at about 510K. I'm at 565K, so not exactly where we'd like to be, but a lot of moments coming up ahead as we move forward in this season. Taking a look at this game week, the average was 74 points. 
which was exactly one point more than I scored and 10 points more than Bucks. So below average podcasters, we may be, but we're excited to shout out the manager of the game week of the FPL Blues Super League. And that goes to one bulldozer, a.k.a. Radim Adam. He scores 111 points without using a chip. Absolutely sensational. Allison in goal for 12, White for 13, Salah for 11, Ake gets a jammy six points, then Saka captain for 30, Martinelli for 26, Holland for 10, and Watkins for six. And he didn't even need his 11th player, Mitrovic, who gets a zero and does not feature. So 10 men gets him 111 points. Well, well done. That's super impressive this game week. And he had a 45% rank rise. So hopefully he can keep it up and enter the top four of the FPL Blue standings in due time. We're going to take a quick break and then I'll come back with some banter about double game week 25 and then go into a huge list of community questions, which hinges on chips galore. We'll be right back. All right, all right. We're back in action here at the pod. I feel like LeBron in the early 2000s is just me, myself, and I trying to hold up the team and keep this podcast going. So bear with me as this is one of my first solo pods ever. Now, a few of the top moments of double game week 25 had to be Martinelli. Martinelli out for Saka or Odegaard was a popular move for the FPL community, and he has an absolute haul with 26 freaking points, three goals and assist, bonus points in there. Wow, he absolutely smashed it. This one was pretty much unforeseen heading into the game week. He hadn't been delivering the goals as frequently as FPL managers would have liked compared to earlier in the season, and Nkectia and Trossard were eating into his minutes. Instead, Arteta revives the team, takes out the wasteful and Ketia, benches him for both games, and starts Trossard and Martinelli together. And boy, were they flowing for sure. So I feel bad for anybody, especially a few of my closest mates, Bucks and Eamon. They both hit out Martinelli this week to grab the likes of Odegaard and grab the likes of Saka. So that's such, such serious bad luck right there. If you had him, Congrats, 26 points will be one of the biggest hauls you'll see all season, especially in a double game week. Other news around the Premier League in this interesting blank and double game week, which is quite the rarity. Mitrovic was in my side before the deadline for 25, and I essentially hit him out to get Darwin in. And instead, we see Darwin miss out the first match of the double game week. Extremely frustrating. And then after that, you have hope he starts The second game versus Wolves, he puts the ball in the back of the net in around the 75th minute, but unfortunately it is chalked off due to VAR because Jota was hanging his leg out and tripped the defender that led to the goal being given. So ultimately a blank for Darwin. I hit him in minus two all out. What are you going to do? I think Darwin is one of those players that he gets the big chances. He creates big chances and he just hasn't been getting any points. This is a player that I probably don't want to carry long-term and is a problem in my side, but I think in a year or two, he's going to be a real stud and just needs to get his footing and his confidence underneath him. 
in terms of FPL. Elsewhere, another call, Sala versus Saka. This one was very interesting because captaincy was a bit of a toss-up. A lot of managers obviously went with Saka, and that was the right call. But in the end, we get a very jammy goal from Sala, and he ends up on 22 points versus the 30-point captaincy of Saka. Only eight points in between, which you'd like to see that gap be a lot smaller. But given that it was basically 30 to 6 at one point, I'm very happy to have gotten 22 points out of solid captaincy and he gets a goal in the late stages of their match versus Wolves. Lastly, wanted to note that Mares was benched in this game week and Foden came on and looks to be threatening for minutes. Foden scored a number of goals between the likes of their FA Cup matches. I think he had a brace and then he's been really putting on good performances. So And Pep really loves when a player is going all out in practice and showing his form and his desire to be among the selected for the starting 11 on match day. So I think Mares and Foden, they're ones to monitor. I wouldn't want either of them in my side, although Mares is usually locked on the right. Foden can play there as well. And Grealish has been playing well on the left side. So all those mids are cheap and attractive, but their expected minutes cannot be nailed down. So I would avoid them completely moving forward. Let's move on to a large section talking about what really transpired in the FA Cup results, which would have led to a number of blanks being confirmed, double game weeks in the future, and all the rest. And really, this is a terrible time for Bucks to be missing this because it is complicated and we got a ton of information. So I'm going to try and break it down for the listeners as best as I can. It's one of the most wonderful times of the year. It's Ben Krellen watch season. Make sure to check out his Twitter as he has the entire landscape of the remaining fixtures set up, including all the blanks, the doubles, and everything in between from now until the end of the season. So to recap the action on Wednesday in the FA Cup, we saw Fulham beat Leeds 2-0. And so that means Fulham and Liverpool will blank in game week 28. Then we saw Leicester Spurs and Southampton all lose. So this is really key because now Southampton and Spurs will play in game week 28 and Spurs will play Newcastle in the potential blank game week 32. Overall, fewer Premier League teams move forward in the cup, and that's pretty rare. We're going to see the rest of the season be a lot easier to navigate for managers as less teams will blank. So to recap, in game week 28, six teams will blank. That includes Manchester United, Brighton, Man City, West Ham, Liverpool, and Fulham, as those are the teams that move forward in the FA Cup. That means the other 12 teams in Game Week 28 will not blank. Further to that, double Game Week 29, we have a confirmed 12 doublers, and so that is going to be the largest double Game Week of the season. In a few Game Weeks after that, in Game Week 32, we'll have four total blankers, which will likely be Brighton, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Man U. And then an outside chance of Fulham and Leeds possibly blanking, but the odds from the bookies are not quite there for them to advance in the FA Cup. So because of these few blanks that we'll have earlier in the season, double game week 34 and double game week 37 will be much smaller compared to seasons past. So we'll have about four or six teams doubling in both of those. And will be much easier to navigate using your transfers later in the season. Then this leaves one random mini game week for Brighton versus Newcastle 
in between the rest of the fixtures as schedule makers are undecided where that match could end up. Point being, having three Brighton players that are cheap in your side is very key for the rest of the season because they have three total double game weeks. And that is going to be crucial for us because we can carry them through blanks when they're cheap enough to bench, or we can just load up on them in these upcoming double game weeks, such as 27 and 29, where both Brighton and Brentford have double game weeks. That's a lot of schedule talk. Hopefully that made sense. Feel free to rewind, listen back to it. I try to go through it slowly and I literally had to write it all out because it is very complicated at the moment, but Twitter is your best friend, especially the likes of Ben Krellen, Lego Mane. Those are great accounts to follow if you need more help in search of what your chip strategy is going to be. Time for the mailbag from our FPL community. Thanks for engaging with us as always. This week, we have so many questions and honestly, more chips than McDonald's has. So from the top, FPL Barrister asks, wildcard in 26? Under what circumstances? All right. So based on all of the results from the FA Cup, we have a clear vision into the rest of the schedule. So I'm going to lay out if you have both of your chips, including the wild card and free hit, to move forward. Right now, across the FPL community, there's a lot of chatter about wild carding in game week 26. So then you can basically make a team that takes advantage of double game week 27, the massive double game week in 29 as well. If, for example, you want to hold your wild card until later, then you're kind of aiming at a game week 33 wild card and then free hitting potentially in game week 28 or 29. Now, I like the strategy, particularly if you have a team right now that you're seeing Tarkowski, maybe McNeil, triple Liverpool, no Brighton, no Brentford assets, you're really in trouble. So looking at a wild card in 26 or 27 could make a lot of sense. And then you would possibly free hit in game week 32, double game week 34, or double game week 37. Next up, if you have a free hit chip, but no wild card, you really want to set yourself up for the short term and attack these double game weeks and hopefully hold your free hit until later in the season. Again, this is going to be very team dependent, but just laying out a few of these possible strategies that you might want to employ based on your current chips available. Next up, wild card, but no free hit chip. If you have the wild card, I really suggest using it in 26 and just pulling the trigger there because you're going to be able to set yourself up for the long term and then using your transfers to navigate the smaller blank game week 32 and double game weeks in 34 and 37. So a big reason to use the wild card is to actually jump on Brentford assets for game week 26 and beyond. Brentford play Fulham. Then they double in 27 versus Everton and Southampton. They play in 28, and then they have another double versus the likes of Brighton and Manchester United. So very key, very cheap assets. Tony, great captaincy shout. Again, his gambling stuff is up in the air. We don't know when he's going to serve his ban. Right now, we're seeing a lot of murmur about him missing about six months, but... 
TBD on that whole situation. So from what I've read, it seems like Brentford want to have him start his ban around the beginning of April, which would take him through the entire off season of the Premier League. This is a ban from the FA. And so it's actually based on time and not games. So if he starts it around the beginning of April, he'll be ready to either be transferred out in the offseason by Brentford and get a pretty penny for him, or he'll be able to start the beginning of the Premier League season for them in the following year. It's important to note there that double game week 29 will be starting on April 1st. So there is potential that he could get banned. If that were to be the case, I think he's still worth the risk in terms of if you're going to look to bring him into your side, because you would just most likely move him to Mbomo, who is going to be cheaper and straight swap. And he's going to take over pens for that Brentford team, who has really been quite impressive this season in terms of the teams around London. So now that I've tied up all of that information, let's bring it back to FPL Barristers question about wildcarding in 26. I think it's a very viable strategy because you'll be able to use the rest of your chips throughout the season to manage these really small double game weeks, right? Usually we have huge ones in 34 and 37, but because some of these teams across the Premier League did not advance, it's not crucial to our strategy to save our wild cards, for example, for 33 and beyond, because we'll have smaller double game weeks to maximize, and you can just use transfers and take minus fours to set your team up well for those situations. All right, next question is from Uzi. He's also asking one about chip usage, and he asks, is it better to free hit in game week 28 or 29? This one, again, it depends what kind of manager you are. I love to use my chips in the double game weeks because I think your potential of spiking a triple digit score is much higher versus when you look at teams in the blank game weeks, they're usually not as strong and they have a bunch of terrible assets that are from teams like an Everton, et cetera, that you're going to have to load up on that really just don't have the potential for huge points. So Eventually, you're going to have to sacrifice one of these game weeks. And I think 28 and trotting out eight or nine players for that game week makes a lot of sense. Plus, when you potentially use your free hit in game week 29, you're able to bring in players from the likes of Villa, Chelsea, Leicester, and West Ham, who are not necessarily assets that you want to keep long term, but you'd love to take a one week punt on them. Looking at somebody like Jarrett Bowen at West Ham, they play Southampton and Newcastle, pretty solid double in 29, but you're not going to want him moving forward because our midfielder slots are so competitive. Same goes for the likes of Leicester. They've been up and down defensively all season, and when James Madison isn't on the pitch, they look pretty shitty. But you have to say Ian Nacho is rounding into form. Madison's an option. And in game week 29, they play Crystal Palace and Villa. And so those are matches that you could really spike differentials in and use your free hit that game week instead. Then we have a follow-up question from Uzi. He's asking about, again, best wildcard strategy is to use it in 26 or 33. For me personally, like I said, 26 seems like a very astute time to use it as we'll be able to manage those double game weeks later in the season with transfers. It's always team dependent, but 
the massive double game week in 29 is really what you want to try and take advantage for. So if you can, for example, use your wild card in 26, roll your transfer in 27, then you'll be able to prepare for the teams that blank in 28, have Brentford and Brighton assets galore, and then also potentially use your bench boost in double game week 29 and roll out a really strong team. So I think bench boost in 29, again, it's the largest double of them all. That looks like a great time to use it if you're going to use your wild card in 26 or 27. All right, a few more questions. We have one from FPL Paz. He was on the pod last week, and we welcome his question this week and also some of his fellow listeners. So hopefully you guys are enjoying checking out the pod. We haven't been in our regular team as Bucks and I have been in and out of the lineup the last few weeks, but we hope you continue to give us a listen and send your questions in. So he asks for wildcard 26, how would you rank the Brighton midfielders? This is a very interesting question because we have three clear choices in Matoma, McAllister, and also March. Wow, the three M's, triple threat right there. And they're all sub 5.5 million. So right after the World Cup break, we saw Matoma just scoring in three or four straight matches. He rose in price. He passes the eye test. He's got some of the most dribbles completed across all of the Premier League, which is kind of crazy because he's only been a starter in the Brighton side since really Deserby came on in, in a consistent basis. So he's an eye test guy. I really like him. But looking at the stats, you look at somebody like Sally March. I don't think he's very good, but he keeps managing these double digit hauls. And that's what you want in FP, FPL. He's making those late runs. And whether he puts it in the back of the net or skies it into the stands, He's still in those positions that can get you big FPL points. And then recently, since McAllister has come back post Lalana being injured for Brighton, he's been getting a lot more involved and he's kind of sliding up into the 10 role at times and he's getting a lot of shots. So taking a look at the advanced metrics from Fantasy Football Scouts member area, which Bucks and I so kindly pay money to access, we're going to share some of this data here. When you compare the three, the expected goal involvement per 90 minutes is very close between all three of these players. March and Matoma are actually both tied at 0.43 expected goals and assists per 90 minutes, whereas McAllister is at 0.40. So there's really not much in between these players. I would probably just grab the one that you enjoy watching the most so you can cheer them on throughout these big double game weeks. And honestly... One of these players could be a shout, especially if Tony does not feature in the upcoming double game week 27 for captaincy. So for me, I test wise, I'm a big Matoma guy. And then I think I'll put McAllister next and March 3rd, but there's not much in between. And again, I have no clear cut opinion on which one of these is better, especially when looking at the stats. March does have the actual higher number of goals and assists combined with nine, whereas Matoma and McAllister both have six and five respectively. So if you're going on the volume and those double digit hauls, March could be the one actually. So not much in it, but best of luck, which one you choose, just go with your gut and that'll lead you in the right direction. All right, next up, Harrison Goodman asks how to prep for blank game week 28. Look, 
this is going to be a smaller blank than was originally anticipated. So you should be able to use your transfers to help navigate 28. That means most likely you want to roll in 26 if you can, and then maybe only bring in a player or two for double game week 27. Most likely from Brentford and Brighton, because you're going to avoid all of the assets from Crystal Palace and Southampton, unless you're a huge JWP fan, which, uh, you know, we're a fan of his free kicks, but watching Southampton and cheering for FPL points is putting yourself in the gutter. So don't do that to yourself. With that being said, removing players from Liverpool, City, and United is a huge risk. I would probably say that right now, the only premium necessary, though, is Holland. So removing somebody like Salah or Darwin, piece of cake. You can you know chop and change them. Manchester United, they look in great form. So definitely keep Rashford. But no one else on the team is essential. It'd be nice to have Shaw, but um, you can probably focus to bring Shaw in after they blank in 28 and then for the double in 29 where United play Newcastle and Brentford, which are going to be solid matchups on paper. All right, that wraps up the community questions. I'm going to take a last final break here and then come back with final thoughts before game week 26. We'll be right back. All right, so after catching up with Bucks, who was in the hospital with his lovely family, welcoming their second baby girl, he's let me know that he is likely going to pull the wild card chip in game week 26, which will allow him to get an extra transfer when he rolls it in 27. And that'll help prepare for game week 28 and 29. Again, if there are any injuries such as Brentford or Brighton assets getting hurt, then you'll use that free transfer to deal with them. With that being said, the only thing to note is Tony is actually, on, I think eight yellow cards. So if he gets two more, he could have a ban in addition to his gambling debts. So he really is in a tough spot, but he's clearly the best captaincy option for double game week 27. So I'm going to take the risk and still bring him in. You can easily downgrade him to Mbomo if shit hits the fan. So that would be my ultimate advice there. I have no idea what my team is going to look like right now, but a main question is to figure out whether to fade Arsenal or not, because they're clearly the best team in the league right now, especially when you're looking at their FPL assets However, they have no more blank or double game weeks coming up for the rest of the season. So it could be the time to possibly fade them and just go with two of their assets instead of three and then punt on some of their doublers. That'll be up to you, depending on what kind of fan you are and how your FPL team is doing. But I can't knock maybe switching it up and just going with two Arsenal assets instead of three, which we've all had for the last 10 game weeks or so. From a deadline perspective, again, Saturday deadline, bright and early. We have Manchester City playing Newcastle. That's going to be a very exciting match. That's at the Etihad. I would expect Man City to win two or three to one in that match. They always concede a goal, so stay away from their defense. Arsenal plays Bournemouth. Woo, start your three Arsenal players with pride. They're going to get a lot of points in that match. Elsewhere, we have the likes of Brighton playing West Ham, that could be a cagey match. So it'll be interesting for those who do wildcard in 26 to see how many assets deliver points in that one. But it is at the Amex and Brighton plays quite free-flowing attacking football when they are at home in front of their fans. 
Then I think for match of the week, we have an informed Liverpool team who has now featured four straight clean sheets within the Premier League versus Manchester United, who obviously look very impressive. They just won the Who Cares About Cup and they're advancing in the FA Cup and just really look like a side that are settling into their identity under ETH. So really looking forward to that one from a peer watch perspective. Bucks and I are probably going to pull the wild card, so no transfers to shout here. But captaincy, no idea what Bucks is on, but I'm definitely leaning towards the inform Saka. He came in with his second double-digit haul of the season with a goal and an assist versus Everton and hoping he can continue that form versus Bournemouth. Well, thank you very much for joining this solo pod. We appreciate you checking us out. And of course, hopefully we'll have Bucks back behind the mic in between his duties as a father of a newborn and in between changing those diapers and bottle feeding and all the rest. But I know he'll be up early watching all the matches because he's got a full house now. You can give us a follow on social at FPL Blues Podcast. We're active on Twitter. We field your questions there, post our team news on Instagram, and then you can find us on any platform that you listen to podcasts on. We appreciate you also sharing this with your soccer and footy fanatics, and we look forward to green arrows in the upcoming regular Game Week 26. Best of luck, everyone.